the Bears Nation Podcast, powered by ONTAP Sports Network. Football. You like to play football? Football, of course. It's a football game. Can we watch, Daddy? Bears Nation. For me, I just try not to make excuses. No matter, you know, what the situation is, you know, I'm going to go out there on the field and play my hardest for my teammates, for my coaches. So man is an athlete, you know, obviously he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Hard worker, leader, and you can see that he makes guys around him better. You know, his work obviously speaks for itself. You know, he leads from the front. It's the Bears Nation Podcast. We've got to get through to Chicago. Here's your hosts, Kevin Lapka. All right, all right, all right. And Jay Kassan. I'm the dude. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. Welcome in. It is Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, June 7th. OTAs have finished voluntary camp, obviously, but still things to talk about myself. Jake Hassan, as always, with Kevin Lapka. And we are making this surprise appearance in the beginning of June because, as I said, it is camp and there are a couple things to talk about. But because we have a guest today, we have somebody coming on to join myself and to join Kevin. Mark Grody, Bears Insider, will be joining the program. Somebody that a lot of you are, of course, very familiar with, very plugged in with the Bears, of course, was at camp and around the team and will be telling us everything that he observed while he was there and give us some insight into that. So that'll be a lot of fun. But Kevin, really good episode coming up. We're going to say a lot of that. Um, it's going to be really fun. So it's going to be good to have Grody in here. We're going to do a fun segment based off of something you did on You Better You Bet. Thing oh, or OTAs. <laughs> thing or OTAs, right? Because they uh, they do a thing on You Better Bet called Thing or April. Now they're going to, I think you can do it for each month now, we right? Did it for, we did it for May as well, yeah. Right. So Thing or May. Like, is this a real thing or is it just May? So we're applying it to the Bears. Is this a real thing? Or is it just OTAs? Good. So, I mean, there's just because everyone says like, oh, Justin Fields is improving and it's all just talk. And we got a guy who's there on the sidelines watching it. So we're going to ask Grody, thing or OTAs? So he'll jump here in a little bit. But yeah, man, things are heating up. Minicamp starting next week, I believe, or in a couple weeks. Training camp's not too far away. So we're getting in the thick of it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and well, I, I like that idea that you popped in. Good job, Kevin. Way to go. What can I say? Um, anything that you have off the top, I mean, I know this, I don't want to spoil like any of your questions from, from the game, but any main broad takeaways that you had so far through this? Well, actually, let's do this because, because we want to do some of the nitty-gritty stuff um, with Grody whenever he gets in here. But uh, stadium stuff, real quick. Any reaction from you that the Bears are not solely focused on the Arlington Heights location anymore? Yeah, I've got a lot of reactions. And of course, I, you and do. of course I do. And we'll ask Grody about this. He's about as plugged in as anyone when it comes to these types of things. Um, and the truth is, I, I don't, I think no one knows what the deal is. I think what we, I'll say this what we do know is it, they're not going to Naperville. Naperville no was a great no choice way. as a leverage ploy, right? Sure. As, as let's just throw out a name to scare people a little bit. They're not actually going to Naperville. It's way too far away. No one wants to go out there. It, it's not a great place. Like everyone hates Naperville. If you're from the city of Chicago, Naperville is the place. Like if you were born in Chicago, raised in Chicago, I know there's a lot of our listeners who are not from here. But if you're from Chicago, Naperville is the place where you're like, oh, you're from the suburbs. You're from fucking Naperville. Like you suck. Like they're well, not. It's the uh, age old joke that when you go to college or whatever, like if you go. You know, to college or school, not in Illinois or even at University of Illinois, where I went a couple hours away. And oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Chicago. Oh, so you're from Naperville. And that, that I spent my entire my entire college career was spent <laughs> doing. Oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Chicago. Oh, so you're probably from like Naperville or something. No, asshole. I <laughs> I was born within the city limits and I lived there my whole life. Um, so that's yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Naperville is just a leverage play. If anything, uh, no hate I, to the people of Naperville. Let me just put that out there. Like no hate. If you live no, in Naperville, yeah. like all good. I'm it's sure just, we have listeners it's there. A, but a punchline, if you will. Um, exactly. But no, I mean, completely right. That just Naperville does. It makes less sense even than Arlington Heights as a location for the Bears Stadium. Um, I also respect that uh, the new mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, is kind of like, oh, well, we'll revisit it too. And we'll try. Even if you can't make something happen, or even if you don't want to, good PR play by you uh, to be like, oh, well, we tried, but, you know, Lori Lightfoot kind of put it at a place of, of no return. Uh, so, and then you could kind of at least say you tried. So I respect that play as well. 
Arlington Heights is probably the most likely location. It has to be. It has to be. Um, I, I will say I was interested by them saying that they're going to explore other options in the city of Chicago, right? They're sure. going to meet with Brandon Johnson. They're going to explore other options. When you think about it and you really break it down, and I've had a lot of time to do this the past couple of days, like you go through every little pocket of the city, every right. neighborhood. You can't you can't find a place for it. You can't. True. I just, I just, what are you going to demolish like a high school on the north side and build it there? You're going to, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, just, you know, there's, there's this, there's this crappy little school on the north side called Lane Tech. Nobody yeah, I, really I mean, it's, that. it's a large space. That is I a mean, big space. Get rid of Lane Tech, my alma mater, throw a stadium there. But the thing, that's the other thing too, is like, you also can't put, so not so the next stadium like in the city like Wrigley or, or right. it has to be next to a highway it has to be next to all the sure. trains and guess what's next to a highway and next to all the trains Soldier Field <laughs> and I tweeted this I was like I don't I wouldn't rule out the ultimate possibility of them returning to Soldier Field in some capacity there's a there's a ton of holes to jump through with that but when you think about it right again I talked about you know not finding places in the city. When you kind of think about it in the surrounding areas, I mean, yeah, people are talking about Joliet. The Bears aren't going to Joliet. Oh, people God. are talking about Rockford. Rockford's three hours away. It's it's Arlington Heights is by far the most ideal. So if that were to fall through, I don't know what other viable option they have. But we have our guy Mark Grody here. We're going to bring him in right now. Mark, what's up, my man? How we doing? Team's getting ready to head outside for a practice in a little bit. So we watch the uh, – this is the third and final – OTA that we will have gotten to see, and then it's off to, to minicamp. Let's go. Like I week. said, we got Mark Rohde, Bears beat reporter, contributor at 6-7 in the score, where we work, so we're familiar with Grody. Um, let's just get right into it. I mean, you said you came away from a, a press conference with Luke Getze. Any big takeaways from that? Not really. I mean, it's still – I mean, the, the big thing that I, that I still want to know and was certainly my line of questioning today – and that is, it's still Justin Fields. Um, you know, are they going to let him loose more? Um, you know, Luke Getzey at this point is being very, you know, hey, he, he just wants to win and we're going to do whatever we have to do to win. But that, that's, the, that's the big thing with Luke Getzey this year and the Bears offense again. No matter what changes there are, no matter who they have added, it's about Justin Fields, and uh, there were probably about four or five questions about him today. Nothing really <laughs> big time got answered today. Like nothing, no like massive takeaways, but just continuing to progress and open things up. Is there anything that, talking? Because I know at this point in the offseason, it is going to be a lot of you know general questions and general answers about everything. Is there anything that was said over the last couple days, even that you walked away and were like, oh, that was actually a precise and you know distinct answer that's a good question um because you know precise and distinct is a relative rarity <laughs> when it comes to things out here i will say that i think that the person who was the most precise and distinct and specific in non-game playing was cody whitehair mm -hmm. um you know cody whitehair was one of the people that we got to speak to last week in the second ota and he was very happy to share that, yes, he'll be playing center. He was happy that he was told about it early, which says to me that's not something he necessarily wanted to do. But since you told me early, that makes it a little bit better. That softens the blow of having to move from my comfortable guard position to the center position. So, yeah, sometimes you get players being specific, but not not really, you know, the coaches. I think the one thing that they, they have done – without necessarily saying it in term in the spirit of being specific and distinct is making sure that they have put their number one draft pick Darnell Wright at right tackle, not screwing around with him. Now I'm going to go out there in a little bit and we're going to see Darnell Wright at right tackle the whole time with the first unit, no game playing, no shuffling around. And that doesn't mean that the offensive line can't be reconfigured at some point in time, but it's heartening to, for me to see Darnell Wright just in there and playing right tackle and no messing around. Speaking of Donald Wright, some of the things that we heard about him is he's going to bring that nasty that the Bears' offensive line has has missed since Kyle Long left, right? Have you seen that sort of energy from him in the first few weeks of OTAs? Not. No, not yet. I mean, it's really hard to get to that point when, you know, it's – first of all, there's no pads. I know you guys mm -hmm. know that. And then the second part, I think, is, is that it's – um, God, I don't want to say slow motion because Matt Eberflus does not hold slow motion <laughs> practices, as we know. It's always going to be fast, fast, fast. But there's a lot more position group 
um, practices and it doesn't feel fast and obviously there's no hitting. So it's hard to get a, a full and complete report and insight when it comes down to that kind of stuff. So far, even earlier, like have any of the rookies, cause that's what this is kind of early period is about seeing where they fit. Have any of them stood out to you? Anybody that's made a play or been going with the first unit, even that stood out and maybe thought, okay, this is something to watch. Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, Darnell, right. You know, getting right in there at right tackle. I mean, it's good to see Jervon Dexter out there and getting a lot of attention from the coaches and specifically, I think it was the first OTA we saw Matt Eberflus getting down and dirty with Jervon Dexter and working <laughs> with technique on him because there's lots of stuff that he has to unlearn from his college days. So I thought that that was interesting, you know, so not that he stands out, but they obviously are giving him a ton of attention. Um, you know, Tyreek Stevenson, the, the second round cornerback, um, has been interesting to watch, especially a couple times when he is, he is uh, hooked up on wide receiver Tyler Scott, who, you know, both of these guys that, you know, are similar parallels in terms of one guy defense, one guy offense, cornerback, wide receiver, both of those guys you want to see make the team. You know, Stevenson is a guy who, you know, we haven't talked about him much, or at least I should say I haven't talked about him much, but, you know, there's an assumption that he's going to start at the other outside cornerback spot opposite of Jalen Johnson. And I'm all for that possibility but I think that he's got a long way to go before, you know, they would just name a guy, um, you know, especially with some of the depth that they have and from last year with Josh Blackwell and Jalen Jones and Kendall Vildor and Kyler Gordon and the rest of the crew. We know that Kyler Gordon was better suited at nickel last year, and he's been placed there at the beginning of OTAs. Have you seen him look a little bit more comfortable there? And you talked to Alan Williams about getting him back to there and just having him be at a solidified place at nickel. In, uh, for 2023 yeah he he is more comfortable i think that you know any cornerback would prefer to to say that they're an outside cornerback um you know that's the flashier spot but you know we all three of us sitting here now we all know how much offenses have changed and how important those inside coverage guys are as well he actually made a point kyler gordon of saying last week that he is somewhat relieved that, you know, like last year in training camp, Kyler Gordon was playing with the first string, the second string, and the third string. We were all trying to figure out what he was. And he kind of admitted that that was tough. He understood it, and he's not embittered by it. But, you know, it, I think that even though he'd prefer to be on the outside, being on the inside and knowing that he's going to be on the inside and a chance to thrive and who knows what the future is, I think that this guy is so much more comfortable this year with, with his assignments. Last question about the defense for me, and then we'll get to, because obviously, like you said off the top, everyone wants to know about Justin Fields and the offense. But one more on the defense for me is, you know, just from last year to this year, this upcoming season, from what the coaches say, and I know we talked about it's a lot of generalities, but does it seem like there's going to be a progression or a step forward or that they have some kind of plan to stop other offenses, which would be a difference from last year? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Because, man, they did not have a plan last year. And I was at each and every one of Alan Williams's press conferences last year. And every question, okay, what are you going to do this week to try to get to the quarterback? <laughs> How come that guy can't get to the quarterback? What about this guy getting to the quarterback? So, you know, I think that the, the improvements at linebacker are real. And TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds and, you know, the, who knows what we'll get out of a Jack Sanborn in his second year. So there's some real improvement there. There is perceived improvement or theoretically with, you know, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens and, you know, maybe even Andrew Billings. We'll see what he's got on the defensive line this year as well. Um, but yeah, to just, for me to be able to sit here and tell you guys that the defense is going to be better. Nah, can't do it yet until I actually see it. And, you know, because I mean, really like, other than signing those linebackers, which was which was good, I don't know. I'm not necessarily moved by Shaquem Green and Demarcus Walker. Um, so, and you know, Travis Gibson's season was so disappointing last year. Still have hope in Dominique Robinson just because of the project factor, but there's just not a lot to get excited about in terms of the Bears' defense right now. 
and and uh, rightfully so. Um, and that's why Matt Eberflus says, hey, we're, they, they could still be active, right, in the free agent market, looking at some of those edge rushers. Leonard Floyd just off the board to the Bills yesterday, um, or Monday, I don't remember when that was. Um, but it's getting thin. There's still some names out there. Frank Clark, if you want to bring in a veteran guy, what do you think the odds are? And let's say need is to do that after watching OTAs, and, and as you're saying, as not being inspired by their ability uh, to get off the edge. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that they they will bring in a veteran. I mean, some of these guys, I imagine, wait until after <laughs> the OTAs and maybe mm-hmm. the mini camp before they sign, or even after training camp if they're really savvy, because these guys don't want any part of that. And I, if, <laughs> if you're a veteran, I totally get it. I, I understand. So I think they're going to sign somebody. You know, who who it's going to be, um, and for how long. I mean, it, it. As you guys could tell, I'm not necessarily moved by it because it's going to be a one or two-year deal, a guy that's probably not going to be around when you are theoretically right. winning again. I want to see them, you know, eventually sign a big-time guy or, you know, back to work in the draft next year and, and get get your guy, assuming they don't develop anybody to get to the quarterback this year, that that is something that, you know, Ryan Poles admitted they weren't going to get to everything, and they certainly did not get to the guy who gets to the quarterback. Well, I want to switch real quick uh, because the thing that everybody wants to talk about and the thing that they did try to address was making Justin Fields better. And obviously, as Kevin Lapka likes to say a lot, Justin Fields has an opportunity to become the king of this city if he really wants to. So give give, give us something, Mark. Give us something that, that Justin Fields is best friends with DJ Moore now. or give what, what does it look like around, you know, obviously they're not hitting anybody. These practices, as you said, are slow motion. But give us please something to be excited about that Justin Fields <laughs> is going to take that step and be that quote unquote king of the city. Well, we we have honestly we have seen a good connection, a good chemistry between Justin Fields and DJ Moore. And one of the things that we've seen specifically is DJ Moore's ability to adjust. So there's been a couple times where and you might not like hearing this Jake where Justin Fields' throws are a little bit off but DJ Moore makes the adjustment and gets to it. Now, you know, as, as you prefaced your question with, we haven't seen a ton of it. You know, the, the most boring thing that happens in OTAs is when they finally do scrimmage towards the end or set up something like that. They, they run the ball way too much, mm-hmm. far too much. And I understand what they're trying to do, but it, you know, just getting the alignments and get to the basics. But, we're all sitting out there tracking the throws that Justin Fields makes, and we don't care what Khalil Herbert or any of these running backs is doing when there's no pads on. Have you impressed with Roscon Johnson at all? Uh, you know, another guy, like I'm impressed with him. I'm impressed with his story. Um, but, I mean, there's there's nothing to be impressed with yet in terms of what mm-hmm. he's actually done out there because even Roshan Johnson has said, um, look, I, I don't have the pads on right now. You can tell that he's one of those guys that wants to get the pads yeah. on um, and is is trying to get out there. And uh, But his leadership skills seem great. But I got, honestly, as far as running backs go, guys, I got nothing for you. <laughs> Can't blame me. Got Maybe four mini minutes. camp. Yeah. Maybe mini camp. We'll mini see. camp. We're yeah. coming up. Got four yeah. minutes left here with Mark Grody. Jalen Johnson's back this week. Did we all kind of overblow that whole situation? I don't know if we overblew it. I mean, like it, it was noteworthy. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's your number one cornerback. Um, but, and, and it, it, I mean, it, all, if you connect the dots, it was, it was something that if you have your reporters antenna on, you know, number one cornerback, you know, coming out of contract, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff, very confident in himself. It, you would think maybe this is a holdout, but yeah, it, it is what he said it was. You know, I, I was able to confirm that same thing earlier in the day that, um, you know, Jalen just spent more time. with. I think this might be the one time in sports where a guy says he's spending more time with his family and he's actually being legitimate about it. <laughs> now, if he now if he's not here uh, for a mini camp, then, then we got a story. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I don't think it was I don't think it was overblown. And you know what? The story kind of ended once Jalen Johnson spoke. So. Can you tell us anything about, because a lot of guys, and this was a big story at the end of, so many guys on this team ended the year, like 
injured or not playing games or on some kind of unavailable, you know, can you tell us anything about how the progression is going for those guys? If they're participating, if they're close to participating, if we're not going to see them till minicamp, whether that be a Darnell Mooney or an Eddie Jackson or anyone, anyone of, uh, you know, that might be returning from injury and is looking to, you know, be contributor this upcoming yeah, season. Yeah. I mean, you just hit the, the two biggest names for sure. And um, I do not expect Darnell Mooney to be out there today. Um, but I don't think it's out of the question for minicamp, but I think that it's probably safest to say that Darnell Mooney will be probably full force by training camp. Um, Eddie Jackson's a little bit more fuzzy in terms of uh, his recovery. And (laughs) I mean, he might be one of those guys that wouldn't have been coming to the OTAs anyway. So I do wonder if they just wait and, you know, for a veteran like him, I'm guessing probably training camp, unless they pull a surprise party today and everybody's back. But I'd be very surprised, guys. Last question for you here, Grody. Obviously, we got to get to some stadium talk. It's been the topic of the week. I don't know if you have any strong opinions on it. It seems like it's a lot of leverage ploys and a lot of speak by Kevin Warren to try to put pressure on Arlington Heights um, to get this done. But where do you stand on it? Is any of this legit about them relocating in Chicago or Naperville or anything? What do you think? Nah, probably not. I mean, uh, if legit's the right word to to base it on, I think that they are legitimately talking to other potential suitors, and I think that that is um, a smart idea. Um, you know, I I think you know Rockford was talking today as well about it, but you know, I think they're doing their due diligence. It's uh, anybody knows that when it comes to negotiating, that that's probably the smartest thing to do, and you know it's it's kind of like a win for the bears that they've got three different towns that are <laughs> i don't know if there's anything legitimate necessarily <laughs> about about two out of the three of them but it, it definitely makes for an interesting story and it just keeps us th- i just wonder what other cities are going to pop up you know like uh, like my hometown of itasca maybe, maybe they're going to build <laughs> a stadium at the old church or something like that so I, it's an intriguing and fascinating story and i can't wait till there's some better conclusion to it all right, the Bears will be going to a new stadium by Mark Grody. We're putting that on the on the graphic. Yeah, absolutely, yes, uh, yes. Whatever <laughs> breaking news you want to say, you want to use Cody Whitehair hates going to center. If you want to put it there. Darnell Moody back for training camp. Put it all, get it all out there, guys. All right, yeah, well, you'll be tagged in a couple of posts in the next couple of days. We appreciate the green light. All right, Don't Mark Grody, wrong, Mark yeah, Grody, everybody from the Bears OTAs. Appreciate you taking a couple minutes for us. Have a great uh, day. Have a, enjoy the practice. Enjoy OTAs. All right, guys, thanks for having me on. Take Bears, care. Yeah. Bears. <laughs> All right, there he goes, Mark Grody, Bears insider, famously of six seventy. The score appreciate his time there. gave us a, gave us a couple nuggets there mm-hmm. that I thought were interesting. Uh, the Cody Whitehair one, I think, was the most notable there that they told him early because this was Cody Whitehair. The situation was, can he be cut? Possibly, is he a guy that might be a yeah. post June first cut? Yeah, uh, you know. But Grody told us was told early, hey, you're going to be at center. You're going there, and I think that has. Not something that was totally unexpected. We talked about that a little bit, but you know, a, a lot to unpack there uh, from Grody, and we really appreciate his time. Of course, going straight from <laughs> Alice Hall, coming straight from what looked like just a hallway outside yeah. the press room to talk to us, which we really appreciate, and we appreciate his time. Now, a friend of the program, which we'll uh, have to have him back at some point, which is great. But uh, Kevin, anything that you took away from anything that Grody told us? Yeah, there there was a lot of stuff in there, a lot of stuff. Let's start with Cody White here, right? I mean, this was a name, and I feel like an idiot now. I mean, back in what was it, March, right? I, I pegged him as a probable post-June 1st cut because the money you yeah, could save on that? it. Why would I do that? Why would you Stupid. Do that? Uh, it was Well, I guess because... You famously have never been wrong about anything on I, this I podcast. I mean, famously, right? Yeah. So how could I be wrong? Maybe I'll still end up being right about this. I mean, I... No, that's just impossible. I, I was of the belief that Lucas Patrick was the more viable option. He's sure. the younger guy with arguably more talent at the position. Uh, a theoretical a, higher ceiling. A, a theoretical higher ceiling, money allocated to him, right? You know, a, a part of the Luke Getze offense in years past before he came here, right? It made a lot of sense. And again, the money that you could save by cutting Cody Whitehair. Um, but maybe, 
maybe they sat down with Justin and was like, hey, you know, I don't know. That's, if that's, a thing that's that really what I think happened. it has to be a, a comfortability factor. Yeah. It had to have been. But he's never really taken snaps from Whitehair, but it could have been like, hey, did you not like taking snaps from Lucas? Sure. I don't know. But they do, They were fine. When Lucas Patrick was in there, like, I think it was that Patriots game that Lucas was in there. And we had noted in that podcast post game, like, how different that offense looked with. Patrick in there compared to yeah. Mustafer, and I think that you could put anyone in there look good compared to Mustafer. Um, but it appears that Cody Whitehair will be your starting center week one, yeah. and they're all in on this. And it, it that that look, it's OTAs. Things could change, right? If he begins to struggle in training camp, I think Luke Getz would be quick to say, "Hey, we're going to experiment with." Lucas Patrick here, if you're struggling, we're going to experiment with Doug Kramer. That's what sure. training camp is for. It gives you the flexibility and time to experiment against um, your own defense in, in, in real, you know, live game situations. So I don't know. I I, I guess it's, it was expected, but a good to note that they did it early and said, hey, this is this is the plan. Yeah, I mean, based on what Grody said, it seems like they're trying to get the offensive line settled early. Like they're trying to get the situation. I don't want to say resolved, mm-hmm. but set and rolling and in a routine let's say early as far as darnell Wright, right tackle cody whitehair center which were two the two that were up for grabs the two positions not up for grabs i guess but up for debate let's say um because theoretically you have nate davis who you signed to be your right guard then tevin jenkins would then switch to left guard and braxton jones started every game at left tackle last year so center and right tackle were really what were up for debate and what we were talking about and now it seems like those at least you know today on june 7th have been put to bed for the time being and i think that's really crucial one of the the biggest issues we've had with the offensive line in the past couple of years is a lack of consistency. Uh, and a lot of that hasn't been the fault of the coaches. There's been a lot of injuries and you had to plug and play guys and that'll happen again this year. It's inevitable at that position. Um, but to at least go into week one and go through our training camp saying, Hey, this is our unit. These are the guys that are getting the first team reps every single week. I think that's going to be huge for Justin Fields' comfort. So he can enter week one saying, I know exactly where this guy's going to be. I know his strengths. I know his capabilities. If he's going to be able to pull, if he's going to be able to get to this spot, yeah. right? He understands what's in front of him and I think that's really important for his confidence and just the way that he sees the field let's go to the defensive side of the ball Jake because I think the biggest thing I took away from that entire interview was when he was talking about the edge rushers and how he hasn't been suspired by (laughs) Jakeen Green or Demarcus Walker awesome but like also not surprising right and I think what happens every year is like we get a little bit complacent or, or we we obviously hype up free agency signings like every single year but People, it may for, for me the, what I saw the reaction to a lot of people um, from a lot of people rather of the signings of of all those guys were like okay you know you you mended areas at linebacker you mended areas at, at secondary in the draft and and of course all the offensive positions uh, and and okay you know because you got some superstars at some other positions you know we can kind of chill back on the edge rusher position sure. right you know we can we can deal with Demarcus Walker we can deal with Shaquem Green um, and, and and those types of players and you can't. I'm sorry you can't. You saw how bad that front four was, and you're hoping that Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens can provide you know, some extra support up the middle in that front four. Um, but you're going to need edge rushers to get after the quarterback. And right now, I, I, it's concerning. It's concerning. Travis Gibson is a player who I don't expect to have a huge bounce-back season of anything more than <laughs> six sacks. I'm sorry. I mean, just, I, mean a, I mean, a bounce-back season is implies like four that. Sacks. Yeah, I mean, it implies that there was some kind of production there in the beginning, <sighs> in the first place. And there wasn't really, I no. guess. I mean, I it's I mean, he's, nothing more than a flash sure. here, there, a game here, that one or two games a year. Right, and and, and I agree. He was. We talked. We asked him about free agents, and he actually said. He thinks they're going to sign one, which yeah. I think is, is is I don't know if that's significant reporting from Grody. I think people have <laughs> add that I, to the graph. Mark Grody yeah, says on Mark, Bears Nation podcast that the Bears will the sign somebody. Bears will sign somebody. The Bears put, will sign a warm body. Put it out there. Send the tweet. Uh, scooped by Mark Grody. But if like I, I know what he's saying about okay, if you, say you sign Flane Clark, who's thirty one, he's not going to be here for the Super Bowl window. That's fine. Like you have opportunities. You still have the salary cap next year. You still have draft picks next year, two first rounders next year to get that edge rusher of quote unquote the future. But for now, this is a team that has the talent. If Justin Fields is taking the leaps that people are saying he is in OTAs, this is a team that can win the division. If you want to, you have no incentive. To, you don't really have an incentive to tank. You don't. Like sure. th- you don't have an incentive to tank. Go all in, right? You don't have an incentive to be eight and nine. Go all in. Try to be a 10, 17. Spend a little bit of money on a guy who can help get you there this year. Set a precedent. Then go forward and get your guy the future next offseason. I think that's sort of 
um, the ideal play here, and I think they have to do it. I'm not going to go into week one satisfied with Demarcus Walker and Travis Gibson coming off the edge. I think Demarcus Robinson, uh, or sorry, Dominique Robinson has the potential to be a great player. Um, not great, but be an effective player. It's just too early. He's a guy that's going to need a couple of years before he really, you know, comes into form. So. Yeah, I mean, like Grody said, he the the uh, developmental or the project label on him is kind of what makes him interesting. But I I think it's it's good, and I think because he mentioned something that I think is really important. Grody mentioned that there's no like game playing happening with this coaching staff, and there's no you know oh we're gonna put all these guys all over the place, and we're not gonna have some guys play right. at all. But he said with this draft class. There's no game playing, which is really, really nice and refreshing, to be honest, from a Bears organization that has been kind of known to hold things close to the chest and not always be the most honest or the most open. And here they are seemingly putting their cards on the table as far as, you know, Darnell Wright playing a right tackle with the first unit and Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens going in with the starting unit and rotating with those guys. And even I think it was really telling for Tyler Scott and Tyrek Stevenson to even be matched up one-on-one against Mm -hmm. each other. And Grody even said, it seems like they're trying to give him the opportunity to be that other outside corner opposite Jalen Johnson that is refreshing to me from a standpoint of the bears don't usually do that. They're not usually the team that is like, here it is here. Here's what's going on. Here's what we're kind of, here's a hint at, you know, obviously again, this is June 7th and you can only take so many things from these open parts of these practices, but it seems like the bears are being more forthcoming with what they're trying to do. Right. And I think a lot of teams do this, right? Like it's every situation. Um, oh, like, C.J. Stroud starts camp as the third-string quarterback, right? And Andy Dalton getting first-team reps, which I think is actually happening. And he's in Carolina. Yes, I think he's actually getting first-team reps, and everyone's making a big deal about it. Teams do this because, specifically with rookies, they do this because you want to teach the rookies, right? Oh, pay your dues, right? You, sure. you can't walk in here and think you're the man, right? And you don't want to set that precedent for that guy, so they just think they're, you know, the stud all, all around town. You got to pay your dues, but at at some point, like. I almost disagree with that. Like, if you can play, you can play. Who cares, right? right? Sure. Like, if you targeted players in the draft who don't have big egos, who understand their role, who aren't going to act like they're the man just because they're getting first-team reps in training camp, then you're able to do that. And I think that's why they go after these high-character guys who, if they put them on the first team in the first week of OTAs, aren't going to get too big of a head, get too full of themselves, and think that they can get complacent now because they've already, quote-unquote, made it. Um, so I think that's where the character aspect of this comes in. But I do like that. Like, no no playing around. Hey, you're going to play here. And if you think of it from a player standpoint, right, you can walk into it and say, all right, I, I know my role. I know what I'm doing. I don't have to think about, oh, like, today, am I going to am I gonna play, you know, slot or am I going to play outside? You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to be on the second team with this guy? Or am I going to be the third team with this guy or the first team with this guy, right? You know who you're going to be next to. You know where you're going to be playing. And I think that helps you grow as a player at that specific position. I mean, it's obvious, right? If you get more reps at a specific position that you know you're going to play, you're going to be a better player at that position instead of throwing you around all over the field. So I like what they're doing here. And I think it's a, it's a strong... It's a strong sign of, I think, a good coaching staff and I think a good process of how they acquire talent throughout the offseason. Yeah, I I think that it's one of those things that gives you more confidence and faith in this coaching staff. Uh, going forward and what they do a little worried uh, that the defense still <laughs> uh, seems to be an issue as far as stopping people. But I mean, again, it's June 7th. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think we're not, I, I, at the end of the day, if the offense is, you're 20, about to say that the offense is just going to outscore everybody. Aren't you? I am going to say that <laughs> not outscore everybody, but score enough. Sure. Where you don't need a top. You're still not at a point where you need a top ten defense to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. Sure. I mean, you just need one to be competitive. Defense last year. You need no. one to be competitive. Yeah. Chiefs had a lot of what, like thirty six point, thirty eight points in the Super Bowl. What was the final score of that game? Like forty two, thirty eight, or something. Like it, it, it was four months ago. I, yeah, it's. It, I don't know what you want. It doesn't matter. Let, let's talk Justin Fields here a little bit, right? Because we heard from Grody that, and this is this has been you know widely reported, but I want to ask Grody because. Again, it's OTAs, and it's not really hard to throw a ball to a guy without a defender on him running a slant route. Like it's just not you hard. Hope. You would hope. Um, but Mark Grody's, yeah, yeah, you would hope. Mark Grody said uh, that connection between DJ Moore and Justin Fields is strong, and that's 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 all. It's that's good. that's the only thing that's I want to hear. Wanna hear. Yeah. It's the only thing I want to hear. That's all I care about. And he was saying, and he was like, "You're saying you know, we should we should have uh, asked about Chase Claypool." Oh, 
That was a miss by us. Yeah, big, big, big miss by us. We we care so much about the, the Chase Claypool connection. That's a guy who's not even going to be here. by the. He might get traded. He's not getting an extension after this year. He'll be here for this year, but if he plays well, he, come on. Think he's getting an extension after this year? I mean, is it outside of the realm of possibility? I think it is. If they get a top if, if 10 it, pick. If, the, if, if you're asking me today, no, obviously not. Sure. But that's what the whole upcoming 17 games are for. That That's fair. And, and I'm a little concerned. Chase Claypool's been out of OTAs with, like, soft tissue injury for the past mm, couple Then if days. he doesn't play, he doesn't get an extension. Is the next Alshon Jeffrey soft cool. tissue? I'm, I'm, but you don't even have to worry about that because you have Darnell Mooney and, and DJ Moore and Cole Komet. And Equinamia St. Brown and, and and Tyler Scott. Okay, Tyler Scott. Valus Jones Jr. Oh, yeah, that guy. They're stacked. I, actually, I honestly forgot and about DeAndre him. Hopkins when he signs with the Bears next week. I'm shocked this is the first time this is coming up with you. I mean, we haven't Honestly. had an episode in a month, so that's it's a good first, point. But I wasn't going to bring it up until we did this little bit here. I was, it's not happening. Like, no, okay, but good, I will okay, say good. it's not happening. Then we're on the same page. It's not happening. Yeah, I think everyone's on the same page. But I, it, I will say this, and I tweeted this. I don't even know why I have to add that. Like, who gives a fuck if I tweeted it? Anyway, boost that following, the, King. The presence of Equinemia St. Brown and Vela Jones Jr. Should not preclude you from targeting a player like that. Sure. Like, that should not be the reason that you think the Bears shouldn't go after DeAndre Hopkins. As it was you, with you, Odell Beckham. You think that was the reason or no, was it? No, as it, like, similar, that's what we said with Odell Beckham, too, that just because oh, you right, have right, these right. guys, you and, should not. Same thing with the draft, right? Just because you right. have these guys doesn't mean you shouldn't. But I think there's a lot of people who look at, oh, you've got seven guys who can play. Why add one of the top 15 wide receivers in football? You, you can never go wrong with more weapons. The reason he's not going to be a bear is because he he now it's not a trade it's free agency he picks and chooses where he wants to go. If it was next year and the Bears are in the Super Bowl window, hey, the, the time is now. Sure, he might sign here, but he wants to go to Kansas City. He wants to go to Buffalo. He wants to put himself right. in a prime position to win a Super Bowl. He's he's thirty one. He's running out of time in his prime to go get that ring. He's not going to sign here. But just for the people who are saying, well, you're not going to go after John Hopkins. You already got that name of St. Brown. What are you doing? Uh, come on, guy who drops the ball <laughs> in the game when he plays. People are saying that. Come on, people are looking at the depth chart and yeah. like it's 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 full. You don't need to add up sure. like that. It's full. And I get it at the top. Chase Claypool, Darna Mooney, DJ Moore. But like even then. Good teams add great players. Sure. The Buccaneers did it with sure Tom Brady, and they won the Super Bowl. Just, Julio Jones, just throw whoever on that team, and they win it. So, um, anyway. I don't know where we're at before that, but uh, yeah, I don't really remember. Let's do your game. Thing or things are OT, thing or OTAs. Yeah, let's do thing or OTAs. Okay, All right, new game invented by Kevin Lapka. Well, not really. It's stolen. Well, not invented. Stolen by yeah. Kevin Lapka. Um, by from <laughs> you, you were, better. You, you were there when it became a thing, though. So it's there. kind of you were working that yeah. show. So it's kind of it's has your name sure. on it, sort of by by okay. uh by what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Default relation. Or relation. Sure. sure. So this is called thing or OTAs. Okay. Sure. So we so I want to make an assumption, basically based off of the OTA hype that we've heard. A broad general and, statement. A broad general statement. And you're going to tell me if this is a real possibility or if it's just OTA hype. Okay? Okay. Let's do it. Tyler Scott gets more week one reps than Valus Jones Jr. He's been looking Ooh. good in OTAs. People are saying this he's matching up with Tyreek Stevenson. He's going deep. Um, they're similar players. So it's a very interesting question because this essentially Tyler one. Scott would take the role of Valus Jones Jr. Does Tyler Scott, rookie wide receiver in the fifth round, get more reps reps? Sorry, week one than Valus Jones Jr. in his second year? So my only thing with this is special teams. And if Valus Jones Jr. is the punt returner and kick returner, then that could tilt things. If you're asking me just offensive reps, I would say 100% Scott gets more reps. But if we're doing game reps, I think... Well, I guess Tyler Scott could technically be on like kick team, he, he, right? He, uh, like, 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 like the, a gunner or something. Yeah, but he can also return too. He, he you know he, what? I'm, you know what? I'm just gonna say it's a thing. Tyler Scott gets more Week One reps than Valus Jones Jr. I will say that's a thing. I'll say that's a thing as well. And, and I'll add one more question onto that. It's, it is there a possibility, like legitimately, is there a possibility that if Tyler Scott continues to play well and impress in training camp, they cut Valus Jones Jr. <sighs> I'm going to say no, just because to give up and just cut a guy who you took in the third round that easily, uh, I don't think that would go well. I don't think in this coaching staff doesn't strike me as the type to just cut bait after, especially because what was your question? 
in the preseason even. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like a less than one full season, you know, really into his career to cut him as a third round pick as your first offensive player taken is. I don't I think they'd be more likely to, you know, cut like an equinomia St. Brown. Yeah. Okay. This is a big thing or OTA here. This is a big one. All right. <laughs> that implies that the others are also not big, which I well, like. I guess that one was pretty big too. Yeah. Tyler Scott one's pretty yeah. big. But this People is a like bigger that. thing or OTA okay. here. So we talked about the fields more connection. It exists. It's real, apparently. Finger OTA, just DJ Moore will break the single season receiving record for the Bears in yards per yards in a season, which is 1,508, set by Brandon Marshall in 2012 on 118 receptions. It's a pretty <sighs> steep number. yards. I think DJ Moore's high is around 1,200, so he have to add 300 to that, but he's never had a quarterback the likes of Justin Fields, and the connection looks good. It's a lot of yards, but I think it's in the cards. But Jake, Finger OTA. Hmm, this is tough, actually. Because I finger OTAs. Because well, let's break it down. On one hand, I could totally see that happening if the Bears' offensive line comes together and is cohesive, and if you actually take the step and commitment towards being a more balanced, even attack. Here's one thing that concerned me, and I'll go back to our conversation with Mark Grody. He said, anytime that there's a scrimmage, it's run, 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 and that you know, no way the Bears want to run the ball. Wow, mm-hmm. color me shocked. That's the that's the thing, and, and I think that's what precludes me from saying that this is a thing because the Bears, at least early, are going to be so committed to running the ball, and even with Justin Fields, too, letting him make plays with his legs, that I'm not sure how, how uh, motivated they'll be to throw the mm. ball, especially early. Mm. I'll say it's OTAs. Just because of that and that theoretically the Bears passing attack should be at least four guys deep with Moore and Mooney and Komet and Claypool. Well, that year, 2012, Jeffrey was on the team, I believe so. It might have been his rookie year, but I believe he would have been. Yeah. Because, you know, there, there's there's two there's two cases to make with that argument of, of, oh, you know, there's four guys, right? You know, spread the ball around. Yeah, like there's bodies there to catch the ball, but say say Justin Fields were to throw for four thousand yards. Twenty twelve was his rookie year. Yeah, so Jeffrey was around, but probably only like what. But only played yards. ten games. Yeah, six okay. games started. Oh my god, in his rookie year, <laughs> so his 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 soft tissue stuff literally started when he was a rookie. It's unbelievable. The guy was a good football player, man. It's unfortunate that he had to deal with that, yeah. but. What I was saying is... If you wanted to know, just real quick. Yeah. The offensive starters looked like Jay Cutler, Matt Forte, Elshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Kellen Davis, Matt Kellen Spath, Davis. and then the offensive line. Matt who? Spath? Spice? Spath. He was a tight end, right? Yeah. He yeah. was He was T2. Kind of remember that. Kind of remember that name a little 28 bit. yards, one TD. Six catches that wow. year. Well, he <laughs> contributed in some way. Got in the end zone. Got to do a little dance or something. Good for him. It's more touchdowns in the NFL than I do. But Fair. True. I can't, can't, can't. Or will ever have. Or will ever have. Just I simply can't deny that. Both one. of us combined. Yeah, both of us combined. It's, anyway, it's hard to do. I will I will say this is just OTAs. I think it's just Final OTAs answer. as well. But I just say, like, obviously, like, more talented guys leaves more possibilities for the single guy to get open. Sure. Because, hey, you have to worry about Darna Mooney. You have to worry about Chase Claypool. So I don't think that those guys being there would be the reason that he couldn't get to 1,500 yards. Um, sure, especially sure, if he, sure. Especially sure. if Fields... Now, if, if Fields were to throw for only 3,300 yards this year, of course, right. 1,500, ha- nearly half of them are going not going to go to DJ Moore. <laughs> but if they increase pat, uh, uh, pass attempts per game, and he's throwing for 4,000 yards, it's possible. That's only, do the math, like a 40% of, of the share, which is actually pretty significant. Sure. But... Anyway, I digress. Um, we kind of hit on this one a little bit. Finger OTAs, Cody Whitehair will be the starting center week one. Well, now we know the answer to that question. Well, do we, though? Because, like I said, there's a lot of, like, well, as of now, like, they, and also don't, don't, don't have the possibility he gets injured. Right, right, right. If we're assuming health, then I say this is a thing, unequivocally, especially after what Grody told us. Yeah, I, I think it's a thing as well. There was something I was going to do with Jalen Johnson. I Just do it. All right, all right, all right. Or I'll do it. I'll what do, do it. we have to lose? I'll do it with with uh, I'll do it with Kyler Gordon. Finger OTAs. Tyreek Stevenson. 
has a better rookie year than Kyler Gordon, which like isn't hard to do. Uh, uh, pretty shaky d- up and down d- rookie d- year for Kyler Gordon. Define better. Um, more takeaways, less blown, le- le- less blown coverages. Not really blown coverages, but losing your man one on one. You know, just just overall, you know. I would say if you were to grade Kyle Gordon's year last year, you give him like a C, right? It was like right in the middle, maybe maybe, maybe B minus. So like if you were to grade yeah. Tyreek Stevenson's year better than a B minus, because we're hearing he picked off Justin Fields in like the first week of OTAs, first day of OTAs, yeah, and people's like, oh my god, whatever. I'm going to say that this is a wash because, a in the sense that I think it's probably going to be exactly the same. Because Stevenson's going to be starting on the outside, theoretically, right away. And Gordon was moved around a lot in his rookie year. and But with that comes that Stevenson's going to be seeing better receivers right off the bat. You know, we, we're going to be seeing, you know, Kansas City's number two guy, whoever that may be at the time, right away, right off the bat. And, and that you're going to be seeing better receivers than Kyler Gordon was in the slot, say. Um, so... I think that there can be more takeaways, but I think with that will come more quote unquote blown coverages or losing your man, however you want to put it. Um, so I think at the end, it'll be mostly the same. I, I don't think we'll have enough to unequivocally say, oh, this was better. Oh, this was worse. I think we'll be able to say, oh, well, he did this better or he did this worse, but mm-hmm. I don't think we'll be able to say that the season as a whole was better or worse. I think it'll be okay. just about the same. Okay. Well, that's. Eh. That might be concerning if that's okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't say concerning, but... Well, Kyle Gordon also dealt with injuries. Yeah, he did. He did and he ended up picking off two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at the end of the year. Right. So that's good. Uh, breaking news, sort of. Uh, Nate Davis is back at, at Hallis Hall this week, which is good. He was not there for the first couple weeks of OTAs, which people were actually kind of getting concerned about. Jake's clearly enthusiastic <laughs> and elated by Nate Davis returning. Um, but it is relatively important. We talked about the need for consistency at that offensive line, and it, it's solidified now. You've got your five who are all there, who are all present. Um, that's a luxury, and you'll take it. One last thing or OTA. I don't know where this is stemming from. Like, I literally don't know where this is coming from, but I've seen a ton of news outlets report it. Mark Grody sort of hit on it a little bit. This idea, we kind of made fun of it. This idea of Travis Gibson, like, being better this year, I think simply because there's the opportunity because no one else is there. Thing are OTAs, Travis Gibson has a good enough season, and I know this sounds outrageous, but people are literally talking about this, has, has a good enough season to earn a contract extension next year. Thing or OTAs. And it's not like Travis Gibson's getting a five-year, ninety million dollar contract. Right, right, right. It's probably like, like three a years, one or two years, eighteen year million, yeah, sure, sure, something sure. like that. Mm. I'll say no, and just OTAs, OTAs. But that I think he gets ends up coming back on like a one-year deal after the season. Like it's not technically an extension, okay. but once free agency, all this stuff happens, they end up giving him like a one-year deal to come back. Okay. Like a prove it deal. Yes, sure. You're not franchise. With like an option or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think um I think I yeah. I I I think Doesn't that seem like the most likely scenario? Yeah, I mean I just I I get Like I I I can't see him having an awesome breakout year where they're like, all right, here's a here's a three year deal in week fourteen. Like where I just can't see it. Where's this coming from? Like, Pe- like I don't bored know. On people being bored. It, it's June seventh. It, it, yeah, it's June seventh. It's June seventh, and nothing's <laughs> happening at OTAs. Thing June. That's where it's, we're it's at. June. It's June seventh, and they're running the ball in scrimmages. <laughs> I, oh my god, like that, that. Hearing that was just. It kind of hurt my heart, bro. Just oh like, yeah, was it was. Like, it was. Of course they are. Uh, of course they are. Of course they are. Yeah. But I get it. I get it. I get it. Why risk injury this early? Yeah. Why? Why? why Especially if you already have guys that are a rehabbing from last season. Or be already dealing with stuff. Yeah, makes sense. That was thing or April. I've got one more thing before we head out here. Um, you like thing or not thing or April? Thing or OTA. You like thing or OTAs? Yeah, that was kind of fun. Oh right? yeah, that was fun. We'll, do, think, we'll, we'll do it again we'll for mini camp. Thing or yeah. mini camp. We'll thing or training yeah. camp. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. And, and well, we'll definitely have some more guests on here soon too. That was that was great to have Mark Gurdy yeah, because you know we don't know shit. We're not there. Like right. we just we'll see if we can get some uh, yeah. some old guests back. Yeah, well, yeah, we can bring back some old guests. Maybe get a player or something. Um, not Shane Reardon. Not Shane Reardon. No, not that guy. We don't need him. But. One last thing here. The Bears obviously are one of four teams to 
be on, we talked about this before. Be on Hard Knocks, and I know you're not a big fan of Hard Knocks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I want to ask Gertie this just because I'm curious. The Jets, I think, are the most likely team to be on, just because especially if they get Hopkins. If, one thousand. Are they in the running to get Hopkins? I'm I guess sure they're just because they're running. Yeah, yeah one thousand percent. I mean, Rodgers and Wilson and um, Hopkins. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but if the Bears were to be on it, I'd be happy. But I, I, I don't know. What do you think the reason is that they're so adamant against it? They're, they're, they're so against being on hard knocks, and George McCaskey is so outspoken about it. When the, the reason why I ask is because you remember last year in the Lions were on it. You're famously, you know, a betting guy on all these betting shows, producing, talking, right? They were one of the most bet teams mm-hmm. on the over solely because they're on hard knocks. It generated a ton of hype solely because they're on hard knocks. Literally nothing else. You're on TV. You're going to get hype. How would that be bad for the team? How is that bad for the organization? It's great for the organization. You walk into week one with arguably the most hype of any team. You're already in the third biggest market in the sport. You've got one of the star players, at, not star players, but one of the most exciting Upcoming players at quarterback. rising you know, stars. A new, brand new wide receiver who's flashy. A new team overall with a lot of new signings and rookies. This is exactly what you want. Why are they saying no, Jake? I think it's a couple things. Uh, one of them that we did talk about, the Bears are just a team that plays things close to the chest. They don't like opening the doors. They don't like having things out there. I think what's happened so far is a step in the right direction as far as the coaching staff. Uh, another thing that address, and I, I agree with what, everything you said, the stadium stuff, a rising star and quarterback, all the offseason turnover, blah, 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 blah. I do think that as far as, you know, you draw the comparison to the Lions last year, the Lions were a, I don't want to say far more, but more compelling and more a team with more characters. Like they had a Jamal Williams. The Bears don't have a Jamal Williams. They just don't. They might. They, they might. They might. They always also, find that guy. But also, but that's like a guy on the practice squad sure, or was a third, true. fourth. Williams was a starter. And then he ended up almost did, leading the league in touchdowns yeah. then and getting a huge payday. And it had all these awesome, you know, press conferences after games where he's wearing Pikachu hats or he's wearing, you know, stuff, and Naruto headbands. And it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and he was a great soundbite every time. The Bears, at this moment, they have guys that are personable and that are fun to talk. You know, Justin Fields is capable of giving those types of interviews. He just doesn't very often. Matt Eberflus and Dan Campbell might as well be galaxies apart as far as that goes. So it's just that the Bears aren't as exciting. I think it'll probably be the Jets because you have the Rodgers-Wilson dynamic, especially if they get Hopkins. They have Sauce Gardner, who is one of those characters already. You know that for sure. And high expectations for that team. Not to say that the Bears don't have high expectations, but the Jets are like AFC championship game expectations, if not Super Bowl. So I think if I had to, you know, if I was theoretically a betting man, haha, wink, wink, laugh, laugh, like that it would be the Jets over the Bears. And I think the Bears would be, you know, the favorite for the following season. I mean, I don't like, I, I, yeah, sure. Like, I ultimately like, don't care, right, sure. if they're on right. it or not. I just not don't know why they'd day. be so opposed to it. That's that's the only thing that I, I just don't know why they'd be so opposed to it. Yeah. Um, but there you have it, man. That was a fun episode. Mark yeah, Grody joining us. Uh, thanks a lot to him for stopping yeah. by. That was a lot of fun. Thinger OTAs was great. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be back soon with some more content for you guys. And yeah, we'll be back around minicamp. I will. I, there's a them? chance I'll be at training camp this year. How about that? So if well, I'm then at we'll training definitely camp, do stuff. Um, then we'll, we'll do thing or our mini camp we'll do, or thing or training we'll camp, with thing or camp with you. I'll I'll come yeah. up with the questions for you then, as you'll be the person that will uh, have been there. That's yeah, cool. we'll definitely start doing some exciting stuff. This has been Bears Nation podcast. Thank you to all the viewers, all the listeners. You guys are the best. We are of course presented by On Tap Sportsnet. Go to On Tap Sportsnet. OnTapSports.net to go. there we go. I figured it out. OnTapSports.net for everything you need regarding Chicago sports: White Sox, Bulls, Cubs, Blackhawks, and of course Bears. We and they do it all. So once again, shout out and thank you to Mark Grody for taking 20 minutes from doing his literal job at Hollis Hall and finding some time to talk to us. Greatly, greatly appreciated. And of course, once again, thank you to all the listeners and viewers. This has been Bears Nation Podcast. And until next time, the Bear Down. Bear Down.